0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you our flagship show. I know, another weird instance of me showing up on this one, but you're stuck with me. I'm here to talk about all the latest and greatest Bayern Munich news. Busy, busy weekend for the Bavarians. An uninspired, friendly result versus FC Basel. A ton of transfer rumors, which we will hit upon. But yeah, it's me. It's a This show is coming out a little bit later than usual, but we did want to put one out. Unfortunately, uh, staffing has been a bit of an issue, Uh, so it's me again. So I hope you're at least happy with that. If not, you probably already turned off your... (laughs) phone or whatever apparatus you are using to listen to this podcast Uh, but if you stuck with me I appreciate it it's uh, always fun to be back on the flagship show and hosting this since this is where I got my start way back in the day with Jake Fenner when we were trying to figure out this whole podcasting game and uh, hopefully someday we eventually figure it out fully but as I said this was a pretty busy weekend for Bayern Munich going up to Switzerland playing FC Basel It was not a great result, a 1-1 draw. The Bavarians did not look great, but still, to this point, I I can't put a lot of emphasis on that match and how they looked. I can't get disappointed about it. I don't worry about the result. Sure, it did not look great. It was very choppy with the attack. The defense was decent. The midfield was decent, but there were holes left there, and it's not as if Bayern at any point looked like they were ever going to be firmly in control of the match. It just was a very uninspired effort, which, you know, that is disappointing to see. But again, it's it's a friendly where the players are coming off of a break. I, I can't get too worked up about it one way or the other. I would like to see a, a much better effort the next time out, of course. But uh, this is a Bayern Munich team that's in a bit of a state of flux. If you looked at the most recent reports There's a lot going on. You talk about players coming in, potentially players leaving this summer. There's a lot. And, you know, we've covered a lot of different topics over the recent weeks on all of our podcasts about Tuchel and his influence over transfers. It does appear that he's got some kind of magic touch right now with the board and with the people making the personnel decisions. He's got a lot of sway. And for a coach, that's a good thing because you're going to get the players that you want, or at least be able to request to get the players you want. Uh, Not every Bayern coach has had that luxury, uh, especially when we think about Hansi Flick back in the day. So it's weird to say back in the day, it wasn't that long ago, I guess, three years, but man, it feels so long ago. Uh, Either way, uh, Thomas Tuchel is, is basically influencing things and, and. We'll see how it works out in this window, but there are some interesting names that have really come up. And the Bayern Munich fan base, of course, has been very vocal about how they feel about some of these names. The first one that, that did come through was Eric Dyer. So at Tottenham, Dyer is a, is a player who's out of favor. He would come cheap to Bayern Munich. He also has the ability to play center back, right back, and as a defensive midfielder. So those are things that are important to Bayern Munich at this point. And I think what is getting lost in some of the messaging with this potential transfer is that I don't think Bayern Munich's looking at Eric Dyer to come in and be a savior at any of those positions. I, when I see look at this acquisition, I see more of what Bayern did with Daily Blind last year where they brought him in as a depth piece, someone that could provide coverage at multiple positions. And maybe Dyer is, is a little bit more uh of a player that they would use in substitute situations. I mean there was a, a period there where Daly Blind got zero run, but I think Deer would be a dire would be would be a player who would absolutely get a little bit more playing time and would see time in all of those positions just to help with depth. And I think that when when fans look at this, I think there is some assumption that we, he would be coming here to start. He's not going to usurp a starting center back role. It would be hard for me to imagine that he could play right back uh, if Nussar rally comes back healthy or if Conrad Limer and his knee injury, whatever that is, it looks like he's a little bit bulky right now, nothing serious. But if he comes back, I mean, he's another option, would probably play in front of Eric Dyer. Either way, I, I think that this is a, a situation where Byron's looking at the roster, seeing that they have a desire to fill multiple roles, and this is one way to do it. And I, I don't think they're looking at him as any type of solution. I literally think they are looking at him as a bench option, someone who's familiar with Harry Kane. I mean, obviously Kane has been pushing for this. So if you know Bayern Munich, when they start to get opinions from their key players, those moves tend to happen because they want to keep those players happy. We've seen this in the past. And if Harry Kane wants Eric Dyer at Bayern Munich, it looks like it's going to happen. And moreover, it looks like that Eric Dyer wants to be At Bayern Munich, it was quoted by the evening standard as being a dream transfer for him. So it looks like this move could happen. It's really just a matter of whether Bayern really wants to do it or not. And I think that this probably will go through, but Bayern is going to see what else is out there. They're going to test the waters and see what kind of other players they might be able to get. But I think with Eric Dyer, it's going to be a situation where he provides so much depth. He's got familiarity with Kane and he wants to be at Bayern Munich and all of those things combined, plus the fact that he's very going going to come very cheap, just makes it an appealing move. And I'm not against it. And I know that's a not a great opinion to have right now because I've seen the wars going on. I'm not overly disappointed about it, to be honest with you. Uh, If things play out like I think they will and that he's not being viewed as any type of player to come in and play a huge role, I think it's a smart move. It's cheap. He has versatility, which they need. And he can help out in a number of different ways. Uh, I get that there's concern. I get that people are unhappy with it because they think Byron should go out and get bigger name players, better players. There's still time for that, but you do need some bench depth too. When Josip Stanisic made his way from Bayern Munich to Bayer Leverkusen on loan, you lost that versatile player who could cover all of those same positions that Eric Dyer can. And I think that's what Bayern's looking at right now. They're saying to themselves, we need Josip Stanisic, but we loaned him out. We can't get him back. Who can we get to fill those same kind of roles? Probably not play a massive role within our team, but someone who would willingly accept that and be happy to be with our club. And I think Eric Dyer is that person. I think that's what they're going to do. And I, if Dyer gets a a lot of playing time, I think it will be dictated by Bayern Munich being really far ahead in some games or really far behind. I don't see that Bayern is going to be playing him in many key situations unless they really feel like someone's run down or someone gets injured. And, you know, At this point, that's the kind of player I think that Bayern needs on their bench. And Thomas Tuchel, for whatever it's worth, seems to be another person championing this kind of move. And if that will alleviate Tuchel's concern about depth and also give the team a decent option at those positions to use if needed, then I think it should go through. And I'm not anti-Eric Dyer. And I also... You know, listen, I, I absolutely love the story and I'll be happy to keep rolling it out of him having to run off the pitch because he had uh gastrointestinal problems, I guess we should say. I refer to those as the flaming spear, but he, he definitely got hit with one, rolled off the pitch in a match, and I'll always remember him for that. And that <laughs> that has always held a special place in my heart. So if he comes to Bayern Munich, we will be sure to to ramp that post back up and run it again. Uh, <laughs> as a, if you remember when piece, so I'm not against Eric Dyer. I think that it's a move that Bayern Munich should make because it's cheap and he wants to be there and he can do some things that I think could help Bayern Munich over the course of the second half of the season. That's mostly just provide depth at positions where they don't have a great amount at this point. Some of the other names that we've seen really pop up in the last couple of days uh, Nordi Mukiali, so from PSG, the former RB Leipzig defender, is mostly known for his play at right back. He can play center back again. There's that versatility that Bayern Munich was looking for. As we talked about with Eric Dyer being that Stanisic replacement i think you can look at nordy Mukiele, and you can say this is a player who could be comparable to benjamin pavar at least in the p- types of positions that he can play uh, pavar i think was a better player i think he was a better center back and, and a better right back as well but Mukiele is a player who he's got experience in the bundesliga that time with R. B. leipzig put him on the stage to play big games same with his time at psg Could be a very valuable asset to Bayern Munich. I think the the prices I've seen on him floating around are anywhere between 25 and 30 million. There's some talk of it being a loan with an obligatory option to buy uh, or purchase option. There, There are definitely some different reports floating around with how a move like this could go down. But they're all contingent on Bayern Munich. One, having the willingness to pay that kind of money. And two, PSG finding a replacement for Muchielli, who is a key player on their team, again, because of his versatility and what he can do. So it's not a sure thing that something like this happens. It's a great idea. It's probably the type of player that Bayern Munich needs to feel safe in being able to shift someone between center back and right back if needed. I mean, Pavar, for all of the criticism that he got over the years, he was dependable at those positions. And overall, he was good when he wasn't battling back from an injury. His play was really, really solid in my eyes. I know not everyone agrees with that, but I think Bayern has missed him this year. I think that he could have been a, a big help. Now, granted, he wanted to leave. He wanted to go to Inter Milan. He did not want to stick around Byron anymore. That's why they let him go. And if you remember back during Pavar's transfer saga last summer, he had asked Lijonis to honor his commitment to let him leave. And, and the club did. Uh, so, I mean, Pavar, if he wanted to be here, I think would still be playing that role. But he looked at the landscape of things. He saw that center back trio of Matthijs Delik, Ligt, Daya Upmakano, and Kim Min Jae and thought, I want to play center back. I'm probably not going to get much time there. Maybe I'll play right back. But Bayern had also just invested in Nusarman's rally. So, Pavar looked at things. He wanted to make a move that was good for him where he could get more consistent playing time, that there wasn't going to be this ongoing battle for a position or two here. So uh, Pavar made his move and it left Bayern with this void. And I think Nordi Mukiele is the kind of player that could step in and be that Pavar type. Again, I don't think he's as good as Pavar. I know a lot of you probably do. But it's a very comparable type of player in terms of of the positions they can fill. Uh, Mukieli is, again, he's got the experience. He has played in big games. It would be a pretty seamless transition, I think, if Bayern could make that move. So I'm very intrigued by that. I want to see what happens with that. Uh, There are a lot of options out there for Bayern Munich, and he is certainly one of the ones at the top of the list. But another interesting name popped up this morning, and this is not a player that you would say would fill that versatile void in Bayern Munich's on Bayern Munich's roster or on their back line. Girona's Radu Dragushin is a center back and he is a younger player. I believe he's 21 who has really emerged this season to get on the radar of many big clubs. And this was interesting mostly because Tottenham Hotspur and Napoli were linked to Dragushin most of the, the last couple of weeks. In fact, it was widely assumed that Tottenham was going to get him. But now Bayern Munich has thrown its hat into the ring, and the young Romanian has some intriguing options of his own to decide where he wants to go. Now, why this one seems a little bit odd to me is because it's almost anticipating that Matthijs De is going to leave this summer. That's what it's signaling to me. Now, I know that Bayern Munich wants some coverage at center back because Kim Min-J is out. He's going to be on international duty, and they want coverage. They want to make sure that if Dio Upankano or Delict get hurt, that they have another quality center back to add in there. However, if you're going to dump what could be up to $30 on Dragushin at his age, you're probably not bringing him here to be a deep reserve. You're probably bringing him here to be in a rotation or to be a starter. Now, I don't think at this point in his career he's ready to Overtake any of those three aforementioned center backs at Bayern Munich and take their spot and weave his way into the starting lineup. But he's an intriguing prospect, an intriguing player, someone who's got a lot of talent and that maybe could develop into a starting center back at some point. Does he have the patience to move to Bayern Munich and maybe accept a lesser role and maybe have his playing time in the second half here contingent on who gets hurt? I don't know. I'd be very skeptical if I was him at this point in his career. To to be able to do that and and pass up maybe better opportunities for playing time, the money will work itself out for him. If he goes to Tottenham, he'll certainly get paid uh, a requisite fee, similar to what Byron could pay. I don't know if Napoli could could match salaries there, but it's really going to depend on where Dragushin wants to be. If he wants to stay in Italy, he has an option. If he wants to test himself in the Premier League, he's got an option for that as well. But if he seriously wants to compete for trophies, Bayern Munich can leverage that more than anything because they are a team that, let's be honest, is still favored to win the Bundesliga this year. They have a good chance in the Champions League. I mean, they are the top of the second-tier teams, as I've been saying. Once you get past Man City and Real Madrid, I think Bayern Munich's that third team as much as they've been up and down. Uh, you know, I've kind of toyed around with them dropping to, to a fourth or fifth spot, but in the end, if you put a gun in my head, I'm gonna say that Bayern Munich would be that number three seed in my mind as as the club that that has the best chance to win the Champions League. So Dragushin's got some interesting options. He's an interesting talent. Would Bayern Munich make this kind of leap because if i if they do, I think it sends a very clear signal that Matisse Delik's days at Bayern Munich are over. Uh, I don't think it will affect Delict too much this season, but I do think come summertime he will be among those players. That will be looking to leave. And of course, we saw some pretty blockbuster reports drop around the safety level of players on Bayern Munich's roster, which we will talk about in a bit. But uh, it is absolutely going to be a crazy month. We can see that by the first few weeks here. And just examining those defensive prospects that Bayern Munich's looking at, who do you think is a fit? Who do you who is exciting you right now? And I know Eric Dyer is not one of those. Players that's exciting you. I, I get it and I totally understand it. I'm not here to try and convince you it's it's the move that's going to save the season. I'm just trying to say that I think it's a move that will help with depth and it will be cheap. It's again, I'm comparing it to Daily Blind. He'll play a little bit more than Daily Blind, but you want that assurance that you have a veteran, someone who has been around for a while, someone that's been through the wars. And I think Dyer has has that kind of profile. If he's called upon in a big spot, I think you could feel comfortable putting him out there. And I mean, you might not have to do that, but you do want that kind of player. Uh, You don't want to be left with inexperience or having to move players to different positions. And I think Dyer could be that kind of guy who can provide the assurance that Bayern Munich is looking for. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about that kicker report which stated that there are only three safe names on Bayern Munich's roster. It's crazy, right? We'll talk about that in a little bit more after the break. Hey, everybody. It's Chuck Smith. Welcome back to the Bavarian Podcast Work Show. We are hitting on a lot of different transfer rumors uh, we did a, a pretty deep dive into the backline prospects that have emerged over the past couple of days in the first segment there. But as for the rest of this roster, people that might go, we talked a little bit on the weekend warm up about Eric Maxim, Chupo Moting, and his likelihood of leaving, and it, it would make sense for him in a lot of ways, but it turns out that Chupo might not be the only Bayern Munich player on the club's radar to leave. Now, it doesn't look like Many players are going to be sold off during this January transfer window. Chupo is a possibility. There's also potential for loans for Franz Kratzig or maybe some of the other younger players. But as of now, it seems like Bayern won't be doing much selling or loaning. However, in the summertime, Kicker is reporting that there are only three safe names on Bayern Munich's roster. And if you have read our post, you know who they are. But if you didn't, can you guess? It's Harry Kane, Thomas Muller, and Manuel Neuer. Very interesting, right? And the first person that, the first name, I should say, that jumps out to everyone, what about Leroy Sané? Well, I think if I'm reading into the report, and if I'm looking at how it was written, and I'm looking at the news that we've seen surrounding some of the players, I don't think it's necessarily an indictment of players like Sané or Musiala or anyone else. I think Bayern Munich's treating everyone the same when it comes to that. And whether you think that's the right tactic or not, that's up to you. But it seems like Bayern Munich has seen the transfer rumors. They've, they've heard that Leroy Sané has been linked to Liverpool. He's been linked to Man City. He's been linked to Real Madrid and FC Barcelona. A lot of big clubs that could pay for him. What they also know is that Sané has pushed off talking about a contract until after the season, which... If you know Bayern Munich, that did not go over well, I'm sure. Uh, They know how valuable Sané is. They want to get him wrapped up. And even though he kind of sputtered out at the end of the first half of the season, he's had a tremendous overall first half. He started out of the gates quick and really didn't let up until the last couple of weeks, where I think he wore down. So the next few weeks of his season will probably determine a lot for him in terms of how he plays. Is this going to be a situation where Sané rebounds and has a great start and just continues on like he did in the first half of the season? Or is he going to get mired in one of these slumps and was the end of December there just the beginning of a prolonged down period for Sané? We'll find that out. But I think that's why he's not listed in this report as necessarily being safe because he's already been linked to other clubs. He has already pushed off talking about a contract. And I think you could say the same thing about Jamal Musiala. Bayern Munich wants to talk to Musiala. They want to proactively extend his deal, which it seems like they want to do every season because they're paranoid about losing him. But Musiala has been rumored to be a little bit unhappy. He has been linked to some other clubs. And quite frankly, it's the same thing as Sané. Uh, The club wants an assurance on him, and if they don't have it, they're going to, at least on the surface, explore every potential option. Now with Sané and Musiala, you can see why fans would get a little bit concerned. But I look further down the list and I look at Yeshua Kimmich and we know what's going on with him. We, we know that Man City is reportedly going to submit a lowball offer for Kimmich, which is crazy to me, maybe 24, 25 million pounds, which would seem crazy for Kimmich, but maybe his value is dropping. We, we look at Serge Gnabry, a player who might be out of favor with Thomas Tuchel but who has still has a lot of great football left in him. Leon Goretzka, who I thought had a great first half, is now on the under the microscope. Uh, Alfonso Davies, again, a player who Bayern Munich wants. They want to renegotiate with him. They want to extend his contract. But he's kind of balking at it. They can't come to an agreement. He's not really under any type of urgency to get a deal done, and he, again, has been linked to many other clubs. In a lot of instances... These key players that Bayern Munich fans want to retain, that they want to keep, they've already been linked to, to to big clubs. These, And let's be honest, we don't know at this point if these are baseless rumors or if there's some legitimacy behind them. And it's tough for me to think that all of these are just made-up nonsense. I mean, I think that there's something going on at Bayern Munich. I think not everyone's happy under the coach. I think not everyone loves the atmosphere there right now. And I don't know if if everyone fully believes that this team is capable of catching up to the likes of Man City or Real Madrid. And if a player doesn't feel like he can achieve the highest level at a club, he's naturally going to start looking around. And I think with this report, Bayern Munich's letting it be known to the players. It's letting it be known to the locker room. You're not getting a free pass. You're going to have to perform if you want to stay here. If you want to get paid, we need to see more out of you. And if you're going to dilly-dally around with us and you don't want to negotiate, we're not going to hesitate to sell you either. I mean, in some ways, it's a it's a threat. And I don't know how that will be perceived. I can't imagine it goes over well. But it does put everyone on notice. And it to me, it's going to trigger a response one way or the other. How do players respond to knowing that they're going to be evaluated and analyzed and scrutinized pretty closely to determine if they're a future a part of the future of the club? I don't know. I mean, I look at the situation. I can see why this type of report leaks out. Then it's Kicker. I understand people have some doubts about Kicker. But I, I think for the most part, when you look at reliability, Kicker of late has been pretty good. I think that this kind of story doesn't just appear in a writer's mind and they go with it and it gets released in a publication like, like Kicker. I think there is a source. I think someone leaks it out. And it might not be fully true. Maybe Bayern Munich's not even entertaining selling off Jamal Musiala at this point. But it's letting it be known that it is a possibility whether it's true or not. So this kind of thing leaks out for a purpose. And I do fully believe that. When it does leak, the club's trying to send a message that it can communicate directly to the players. But when it hits the public and people start to see that 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 there is a, an issue there, that there's something going on, and that the club might really be exploring all options at this point. It makes it an event that can trigger a response from everyone. You've already seen some of the fan base debating it, whether it's on our site or whether it's on social media. And certainly the players will have a chance to respond with their play on the pitch and through their agents when they go to renegotiate contracts. This is going to be a key summer for Bayern Munich. I don't think there's any way around that. I mean, if you look at it, there are a lot of players that have been linked to moves away. We'll see how serious they really are about leaving, or if the players are making veiled threats. But in the end, this is Bayern Munich's way to to combat all of these rumors that we've seen. Like when you have Alfonso Davies' agent going out and saying, "We've talked to Real Madrid," or whatever, whatever the context or exact verbiage that he said. The bottom line was that he implied they have talked to other clubs. Bayern Munich is not going to take that lightly. And at some point when you see all of your key players being linked to other clubs, it's sure it's part of the game, but you want to send a message. You want to let it be known that you're going to take a stand against it. You're going to evaluate players and you might move on from them before they can move on from you. It's a very precarious time at Bayern Munich to as much as he's got an ardent fan base in in the Bayern, in the larger Bayern Munich uh, section of fans, he's also got doubters. I don't know that the full locker room is bought into him, and and we don't know if he's going to go eventually and reach this point like he did at Chelsea or PSG or Dortmund, where he just wore those players down, and that there was so much Tuchel and not enough players that it becomes a situation where where the relationship gets fractured. I'm not sure if Tuchel's going down that road yet. He has certainly made some steps in that direction with some of his public criticism. We've also seen reports leak about how Tuchel feels, which is always interesting to me because when reports don't exactly quote a coach, but they talk about how he feels about a player or what direction he wants to go in regarding players, it's coming from somewhere. And it's either coming from someone who had a conversation with Tuchel or it's coming from Tuchel himself. And nothing would surprise me in the, in the German media at this point with in terms of how this is getting reported. I don't doubt that Tuchel's leaking things. I don't doubt that Tuchel's had conversations with journalists about how he feels about players and what he wants to do with the roster and what his vision is for the roster. It's a situation where... Tugel has an idea, the club might have different ideas, but whatever the case, Tugel's influence right now seems to be really driving the personnel vision for this roster. And to release something like Kicker did, it has put the players on notice, it also has, in some ways, let people know that the coach is very much a part of this personnel decision-making process that the coach is going to be reporting directly to the front office on the work habits of players, the performance of players, how they're showing up, when they're showing up, what they're doing, what their attitude's been like. Everybody's under the microscope. It's just very, very interesting because last week we did see the other report break that stated that there were several players under the microscope. Now we know that it's the entire team with the exception of Harry Kane, Thomas Muller, which is kind of surprising in some ways because it looked like he might not have a future at the club. I have a feeling now he's on this safe list because he just inked a deal. And then Manuel Neuer, who, of course, like, there's no reason to even think about replacing Neuer. Just keep him off the ski slopes and everyone will be happy, right? So it's very, very interesting to see how this report drops. See, and to also see how this plays out over the course of the season. I think this is going to irritate some players in the locker room. I think the players are start probably starting to get a little bit sick of hearing about how bad they are and how they might need to be replaced. When many of these players have, have won at the highest level, whether you're talking about World Cups or Champions League, certainly Bundesliga titles, I think it eventually is going to get old for them. And whether they take that out on Tuchel or they hold it against the club, we don't know yet. But it it, it it's not fun to constantly be criticized, to constantly be put under the gun and to, to think that your job is going to be on the line every time you walk out onto the pitch. And I think that's the way some players are feeling. I think Matthijs Delict, if he has an off game here while he's filling in for Kim Jay, and Tuchel reacts by benching him, I think it almost certainly is going to to result in Delict looking to move on. I don't think there's... Any relationship there between the player and the coach, just like I think there's a fractured relationship between Kimmich and the coach. We'll see what happens with some of the other players, but how Tuchel handles this group is probably going to have a big say in, in the future of this club. And do you trust Tuchel to have that big of a say? And do you trust the players not to have a bit of a mutiny here after hearing how bad they are all the time? I know I've been a little bit more optimistic than some fans about the performances of the players, And a lot of times when I analyze, I look at where a player can be compared to where he is, which is why when I see Davies and I know people think I'm hard on him, but it's because he can be so great if he wants to be. And to me, it's really a matter of does he want it enough? Does he want it enough to put the extra work in? Does he want to improve those areas of his game that have consistently hindered him over the previous two years? And people can say, I harp harp on it and I'm hard on him, but I'm not because I just see what this kid can be and how great he, he is at times. And when you see that, you want to see that player push to maximize his potential. And I think that's an example where Bayern Munich knows what they have in him. They know they have a very good player. They know that maybe he's not as fully committed to getting the most out of his talent that he could be. And that he's also playing some games in terms, or at least his agent is, in terms of the transfer market. And when they're looking at all this, they're going to start to weigh, how much is it worth? How much is this headache going to be worth moving forward? And certainly what they don't want to do is be in a position to where he plays out next season and then leaves on a free, because then you're just basically burning however, however many millions of euros you could get for him if you had to sell him. So... uh Davies is just one of the many, many interesting players who Bayern Munich is allegedly going to scrutinize during the second half of this season. So uh, that will definitely be something I'm sure that will be at the forefront of all fans' minds and that Bayern Munich fans everywhere will be paying attention to, especially those that are hanging out at BFW. And the last thing I wanted to hit on, and typically in my show over at the weekend warm-up, I'll hit on some off-the-wall stuff, some entertainment type things. I'm not going to do that here. It's just not the format for it. But... What am I most looking forward to in the second half of the season? And this is a big question because there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, this is a good roster. No matter how you feel about Tuchel, he, he's a good coach. I don't know if he's getting the the most out of this roster at this point. He's gotten good results, but he's also won. He's won a Champions League You know, using Kai Havertz and Timo Werner leading his attack, which a lot of people laugh at these days, but he somehow made it happen and it worked. But as for this season and what I want to see out of it, what I'm most looking forward to is the end of the transfer window to see what this roster looks like. I want to see who's come in, who's come out. I want to see how Tuchel then starts to meld all of this together and what his vision is for this roster. You know, some of the most recent reports indicate that he's not going to get that number six, like Jal Polinia that he has wanted since the summer and some of the reports have indicated that is a a move for next summer summer of 2024 when Bayern will be more willing to splurge on a player like that as of now the number six position does not appear to be something that Bayern munich is all that eager to fill at least at this point so what does the roster look like who do they bring in that's what i want to see the second thing i want to see is how the club responds, or the roster responds to the changes. How do they respond to new teammates? What does it look like playing under Tugel like that? Which players are ready to go? Which ones are lagging behind? How do players like Nusar, rally and Kim and Jay come back from their international duty? Are they going to come back healthy? Are they going to come back in form? I want to see all of that. I want to see how that, how they reintegrate back into the team, and how all of that works. I want to see how Bayern Munich plays against the upper tier teams in the Bundesliga. I want to see how they play against RB Leipzig now and Bayer Leverkusen. I want to see what those matchups look like. I think Bayern is better. I think they're going to take down Leverkusen and win the league. But will it happen? I don't know. Leverkusen has been pretty much untouchable so far. So to me, that's a very intriguing thing. But maybe more than anything, I want to see how Bayern Munich performs in the Champions League. I want to see if they have the firepower to compete with Man City and Real Madrid. And if they have a staunch enough defense to keep those kind of teams at bay long enough to get a lead. Will they ever even get to the point to playing Real Madrid or Man City? I don't know. But I expect them to move on past this round, the round of 16, get to the quarterfinals at a minimum. Bayern Munich is the type of club and the type of team that should be able to do that. If they don't and they flame out in the round of 16 or they flame out in the quarterfinals, I think Bayern Munich absolutely has to look at where it's all going under Tuchel. And I'm not saying they need to fire him. I'm just saying he's going to be on notice as well. It won't just be the players on notice if Tuchel flames out in the quarterfinals. Bayern has to look at this situation and think to itself, with the investment they made in Harry Kane, with the talent they have surrounding him, if they can not at least make the semifinals, there is an inherent problem within that locker room. Whether that's the players or the coach, I don't know. But in these situations, it tends to be the coach that gets the short end of the stick. So to me, Bayern Munich has to absolutely make those semifinals. And for some fans, that's not going to be good enough either. This year, I think the semifinals is realistic. I think it's doable. And it's where they should be, where they deserve to be. But if it doesn't happen, there's going to be a big reason for that. And I think a lot of that reason will have to come down to Tuchel and how he manages the squad. For all of the success that the team had in terms of wins and losses in the Hinrunda, they didn't always look great. Tuchel didn't always play the best players together. Will he do that? Will he get over some of the hangups he might have about some players? I, I don't know. And to me, if he can't, if he can't find a way to take this roster and mold it into something that can at least be a, play a competitive tie in the semifinals of the Champions League, then it's a failure on him, and he's going to have to be judged for it. And I think if he doesn't make it to that point, it, it is a very good chance that that he could find himself on the unemployment line because I don't know that Bayern Munich is going to want to wait around. And try and give him more time to sort things out, given the the level of talent that they have. If the club can add that depth to the roster this month, Tuchel's not going to have any room for complaints. He's not going to be able to say, I need more talent. I need more depth if he gets it this month. So January holds the key for the season. We'll see how it all plays out. But over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure there'll be a ton of news dropping, a ton of transfer news swirling around, and we'll be here for all of it. So thanks for listening to this edition of our Bavarian Podcast Works Show. Again, it's been Chuck Smith. Happy to be here and delivering it to you. We're going to wrap it up so you can always get me at the Barrel Blog and get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our Tweetmeister, Tom Adams, at Tommy Adams seventy one. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN and you can get Siler at CYL3R. You can get all of our talented writers and podcasters over at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Please drop us some comments on this. Keep checking our posts. We'll have all of the latest news as it breaks. So get everything for your Bayern Munich and Germany needs over at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Have a couple of beers on me. We'll see you next time.